The news is a shit show these days, and we're here to give you a break from the white supremacist media bullshit by bringing you the shitty news so that you can feel less like shit because you know the people discussing all the fucked up shit give a shit about you and the shitty situations you deal with every day. So shit, pour yourself a glass and settle in for Father Teresa's wine cellar. that, uh, have not guilty to three counts of attempted, not guilty to three counts of a... A DuPont and 3M, the Forever Chemicals. And then I just got a notification that uh, Heather L. Uh, showed up and uh, pledged uh, $1 to the Patreon. Uh, shout out to Heather L. And I was about to say, you know what, let me go ahead and um, try to get to the shift a little early. I say, you know what, here, shout out Heather L. And I'll go ahead and drop this news that I was going to uh, get to this afternoon after the shift. Uh, this was published. Doobie doop ski bop. Where's the date? The the killing me smalls. <laughs> Very recently. Uh, okay, there we go. November twenty seventh, two thousand twenty three. A few hours ago, right? And I'm recording this at four thirty a.m. on the way to work here. Uh, so let's hear this bit of uh, audio here. Tensions from this war growing here at home tonight. The hate crime investigation in Burlington, Vermont. The suspect in the shooting of three college students of Palestinian descent, tonight charged with attempted murder. The students were visiting the family of one of the students over the Thanksgiving holiday. They say a man walked up to them and shot them without saying a word. And tonight here, what police say that 48-year-old suspect said to detectives when they arrived at his door. Here's our senior investigative correspondent, Aaron Katursky, tonight. This is the man who police in Burlington, Vermont, say shot three college students of Palestinian descent. And tonight... Jason Eaton has pleaded not guilty to three counts of attempted murder. And what? Okay, so Jason Eaton has pleaded not guilty to three counts of attempted murder. Let's go back to a bit of the past reporting. All right, and looking at thehill.com, very little is actually reported, and a great deal of the article is just quoting people saying this is bad. All right, so what happened is a very short um, paragraph. The man discharged at least four rounds without saying anything and fled on foot. Two of the victims were shot in their torso and one was shot in their lower extremities, police said. You don't just walk up on folks discharging rounds from a Second Amendment freedom protector at them because you're not trying to murder them right seems logical to me maybe i'm bugging police called an unprovoked and terrible crime he stepped off a porch and produced a firearm and began discharging on saturday night authorities say the students were out for a walk speaking a mixture of arabic and english two of them wearing traditional scars when they came under fire although we do not yet have evidence to support a hate crime enhancement I do want to be clear that there is no question this was a hateful act. When detectives knocked on Eaton's door, authorities said the 48-year-old told them, I've been waiting for you, but... I've been waiting for you. Okay. All right. He's getting his his little Hannibal Lecter lines in. All right. This guy is really into 80s movies, this guy. He said the 48-year-old told them, I've been waiting for you, but made no other statements that would point to motive. Investigators say bullets recovered from the scene matched a gun at the suspect's home. 
Tassin Ali Ahmed, a student at Trinity, Kanan Abdul Hamid, a student at Haverford, and Hisham Awatani, who goes to Brown, were spending Thanksgiving in Burlington, where their families said they thought they'd be safe. We are very lucky that the boys are not dead. He shot them from a distance of two meters. All three young men are still in the hospital. Court records say Awatani sustained a lodged bullet in his spine. Ali Ahmed was struck in the upper chest and Abdul Hamid in his right glute. Today, Attorney General Merrick Garland spoke about the shooting and the rise in threats from the Israel-Hamas war. All of us have also seen a sharp in The Israel-Hamas war. You gotta love that language. You gotta love that language. Yeah, because that's what's happening, is the IDF is just dumping on Hamas. All they're doing, and that's the thing, right? Because, I mean, how big is Hamas? Like, how deep are they? Like, I literally wonder if... Like, what, what's the, what would be the ratio between the amount of cats that are legitimately members of Hamas putting in work for the set and how many people are legitimately members of the Rolling 60s Crips putting in work for the set? You know, like, okay, all right, Israel-Hamas war, that's, that's lovely language, good choice. Increase in the volume and frequency of threats against Jewish, Muslim, and Arab communities across our country since October 7. Tonight, David, the authorities have been through the suspect's social media and electronic devices looking for anything that would allow them to charge this as a hate crime. David? All right, our senior investigative correspondent, Aaron Kaczurski, tonight. Aaron, thank you. Okay, (laughs) so let's just drop that bit of news as an additional uh, morning wine cellar, and thank you, Heather L., uh, signing up and all the other folks that have been on and off the Patreon since uh, Jeepers Creepers and Chimney Sweepers, what, 2015, I think? I think about 2015. Uh, y'all have helped get broccoli and pay for cool things like electricity and water. I need those things. Thank you. <laughs> Trinity Health Michigan, we see the person behind the patient. Not just their symptoms, but a person. The news is a shit show these days, and we're here to give you a break from the white supremacist media bullshit by bringing you the shitty news so that you can feel less like shit because you know the people discussing all the fucked up shit give a shit about you and the shitty situations you deal with every day. So shit, pour yourself a glass and settle in for Father Teresa's Wine Cellar. I want to uh, bring an additional recording up here for, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this name correctly here, for uh, Melene, for uh, MJ. Over here in uh, in the Patreon uh, comments here, uh, MJ commented on the uh, Jason Easton arrested for attempting to murder Palestinians uh, story. 
and uh, posted, have you heard about the Brianna Gay case? And um, not for a fairly long time, I haven't. Um, has not hit my news feed. Um, has not hit, uh, I, I follow uh, several, you know, news accounts on the YouTube. And when I say news accounts, I mean like, you know, WS95 Texas, you know, like that kind of news. Like I follow a little under about 20 of those and I haven't seen anything there. And then I also follow like the, um, you know, commentary channels that comment on the news, like, uh, you know, leftist programs, you know, Sam Cedar and all those types of folks, Emma Vigland and whatnot. Uh, no, that has not hit my feed since way earlier this year. And as I'm um, taking a look to refresh myself, we're talking about, this is from all the way back in, my goodness, this is um, February this year. Let me take a look here. On It says on February 11th, 2023, Brianna Gay, a 16-year-old uh, British transgender girl from uh, Birchwood and, ooh, my eyesight is very bad. Uh-oh. Oh, oh not, that's not what I wanted to do. I'm clicking around. Oh, that did not increase the size of the text. But yes, I'm looking there. But yeah, the main thing is all the way back in February, like I was in contract work then. Yeah, like I was way back. I had a big contract. That's when I was doing the um, the 17-hour days on that contract. It's wicked. All right, but um, let's take a look over here on uh, pinknews.co.uk um, article up by Chantel uh, Bilson uh, Brianna Gay murder trial begins in Manchester so a, um, a boy and a girl both 16 who cannot be named for legal reasons each face a charge of murdering the Birchwood schoolgirl in um, Kolkath Lanier Park in February earlier this year the uh, teenager happened to be a transgender uh, child uh, Brianna Gay was uh, found dead on February 11th at the park in, um, in the area of uh, Warrington her death was determined to have been caused by multiple stab wounds uh, this reminds me of like one that uh, is always stays in my head forever like it's always in the back of my head um way earlier in podcasting I was maybe about just barely uh two years into producing my own program I just I saw the story of a, a transgender woman at a um at a train stop and uh you know be, being and getting on the train and being sexually harassed by the um by a cis man on the train and the cis man sexually assaults her uh, you know, grabbing, you know, at, at, at their at her genitals and whatnot. And when the train stops, uh, proceeds to chase her down and stab her to death. And this is Jesus Christ. Yeah, that 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 lives in my head forever. And the, yeah, this reminds me of that. Let's um, continue here. Um. The teenagers were arrested at around 7.30 p.m. on the 12th of February and charged in the early hours on the 15th of February. Both of the teenagers, who are being referred to as Girl X and Boy Y throughout the trial, entered not guilty pleas ahead of this uh, Monday's case. 
and actually the time of recording this is Tuesday uh, the trial which is expected to last up to four weeks with the aim of finishing before Christmas is being presided over by Justice Amanda Yip and will be uh, and will see prosecution led by Deanna Heer H-E-E-R uh, with um, Girl X represented by a lawyer Richard Pratt and Boy Y represented by lawyer Richard Littler on the morning of the start of the trial which was attended by Brianna Gay's family the uh, Cheshire Police and the Crown Prosecution Service reminded everyone that the criminal proceedings against both defendants are active and they have the right to a fair trial as they say uh, continuing uh, both defendants arrived shortly before midday and at around uh, 2 p.m 40 people were called into the courtroom of which 14 potential jurors will be selected including two reserves who will hear the prosecution's opening uh, justice yip uh, addressed the potential jurors before sending them to a, sending them to complete a questionnaire. Uh, Yip reminded all that the two defendants charged with uh, Brianna Gay's murder were 15 at the time. Uh, she further added, quote, "There was quite a bit of press reporting and social media coverage at the time. One feature that was given some prominence was the fact that Brianna was transgender. If you did see things, you may have uh, uh, you may have formed some initial uninformed views about the case. It is perfectly natural to feel shock when you hear of the killing of a young person. End quote. She said people should concentrate on the evidence when they sit on the jury, not to the press or social media coverage. And she noted that there were vigils and a crowd funded for uh, Brianna Gay. Uh, that's G-H-E-Y. Uh, two matters asked about on the jury questionnaire. Both defendants also have the option of participating in the trial via video link from their secure accommodation, a decision which Justice Yip made. Justice Yip said the trial will not start earlier than 10 a.m. each day and finish no later than 4.30 p.m. Prosecution is due to begin to open the case later this afternoon with evidence set to start on Tuesday, November 28th. And this will definitely be one that I just go ahead and wake up in the morning and look for more information on as I move forward. Uh, thank you to uh, to uh, the homie loco there, MJ, in the uh, Patreon comments. That's patreon.com slash wine cellar media fund. Uh, if you can kick over, hey, whatever you got. If you got $1, if you got 1 million gazillion fulfillion dollars, I'll take a gazillion fulfillion as well. Open up hella trans youth uh, shelters and install ceiling fans in them. Kid, kids like ceiling fans. All right, y'all. Uh, we will be uh, looking at that. And this particular upload will uh, be on Patreon and on the primary podcast feed. 
and it will not be Patreon early access. It will not be Patreon only. I'm just going to post it there and uh, shout out to the homie Loco for uh, uh, bringing this one back to my attention, our attention. All right, and let me uh, check myself out there. Am I coming through on the microphone? Millennial Core, yes. Is this thing recording? Uh, is it broadcasting on Mr. Williams Neighborhood News on the uh, Facebook and putting another more long-form one on the podcast feed as we go and turn on over to Phoenix Collider for uh, some of that uh, funky dope ill news. That could only come from one individual, I think. Oh, well, hello. Oh, also music. Hey, yeah, how are my decibels looking? Ah, let's get that in order, right? Show these punk kids how you how you record. Oh, oh, watch out. <laughs> yep, and we will have, uh, I have more of the, uh, the Brianna Gay recordings from uh, earlier this week. Well, from last week, it's now a... Uh, Sunday evening. All right, Phoenix Collider decibel check. Yes, and Sunday evening decibel check. Yep, I'll turn you Uh-oh. up a bit. Uh-oh. I think it's because I haven't really got started going yet, because once I get mad, then I'll yell. And then ah, it yes. won't be loud enough. Yep. Yep, I'm Ugh. looking at it now. Yeah. All right, Phoenix Collider bring in the heaters. Sure. What do you want to start with? Ooh, Jeepers Creep. Uh, you, you, you've got it. All right. Got it. I'm all on right. production. Oh, fine. Be like that then. All right. All right. So, um, let's see. I know we always want to know what Jeff Bezos is doing. Eh? Oh shit. Eh? It's eh. gonna be good. It's never gonna be good, ever. I mean, unless you're a capitalist, I guess. Uh, so Jeff Bezos is backing a real estate company that is launching a new fund to acquire more single-family homes across the U.S. Woohoo! Mm. Right. Okay. Many of the world's largest investment firms have launched new funds over the past couple of years aimed at acquiring building, acquiring or building single-family homes to use as rentals. This comes as no surprise considering that the increased cost of buying a home has forced many Americans into being tenants instead of homeowners. Arrived, a young real estate company backed by Amazon uh, founder Jeff Bezos, has just announced its en- its entry into the single single I can't talk today huh. into the single family rental fund space. Arrived currently operates a fractional real estate investing platform that has attracted nearly half a million retail investors since its launch in 2021. I did not hear about this shit in 2021. Did you? No. Not at all. The platform allows these investors to purchase shares of single-family rental properties for as low as $100. To date, investors on the platform have funded more than 388 homes with a total value of $122 million. Properties are often funded uh, within hours of going live, which has resulted in arrived, limiting the maximum investment on many of its offerings. Yeah. The uh, new arrived single-family... Oh, God. I hate how they always have to, like, make a special name for everything. Like, everything gets its own title. The Arrived Single Family Residential Mm. Fund mm -hmm, aims to uh, simplify capital allocation by allowing users to invest more at one time and invest on their own schedule without having to wait for individual properties to launch. 
Investors uh, in the new fund will be diversified across several properties in multiple real estate markets. Arrived also intends to give investors an option to redeem or liquidate their shares over a quarterly basis after the first six months. Uh, after arrived, it's throwing me off because it's called arrived, but it like makes me think of the verb. Like, did someone just show up? Ah. Like, but no, the name <laughs> of the company is arrived. Uh, arrived CEO Ryan Frazier exp- expressed optimism about the single-family home market, citing its historically ro- robust returns and lower volatility compared to the stock market. He also noted the persistent demand for housing is outpacing the supply of new homes over the last decade. In the third quarter of 2023, investors on the platform earned approximately $890,000 in dividend income, uh, making an increase from the previous quarter. So um, if you see a bunch of houses go up for sale and they get snapped up, if it's not, who is the other one, BlackRock doing it? It's Jeff Bezos. So homeownership is a thing of the past, kids. (laughs) Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. You won't be needing that. You you don't need a home. You know, a thing that you can, like, borrow against, a thing that you can own, a place where you can live, where nobody can just randomly jack up your rent, kick you out, make arbitrary rules that you have to follow. You don't need any of that. You don't even need freedom, really. So, yeah, that's what's going on there. Oh, man. I just did a little something like this. Yeah, he did do a little something like that. Oh, I thought something was coming after that. I was like, and what did he do? <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I don't know. He probably joined a group of folks. I'm here to tell you, there's a group of elitists that run this nation, a bunch of globalists that run the world, and their money runs it. And I'm going to tell you something. It is nothing more than a satanic death cult. Right. He's talking about the Jews. Which, like, you know, I'm not just, side note, uh, with all the stuff going on with Israel, I'm not seeing enough people talking about Christian Zionists lately. Like, they're very dangerous, and there's kind of a lot of them, and that should maybe, you know, be part of the conversation. Yeah, I think even the outlets that are, uh, we would say, are probably more generally responsible to us from our perspective, Yeah, aren't doing it. Yeah, because I think a lot of people don't, like, understand that the Zionists really, really want the state of Israel to exist. Because it's going to bring about the apocalypse. Yeah, and it's yet another reason, like, you gotta keep talking to young people so they can know, like, yeah, but I'm not even, you know what, I'm not doing the caveats anymore. To know why to vote against Republicans. Yeah. All right, we're not, we're beyond the caveat game, all right? Yes. We're not doing the stupid shit. To vote against Republicans because they're not trying to make sense. Yeah. It's mystical, magical, crazy, racist bullshit. Yeah. We we don't have time to even entertain it. There's no room for debate. You can't talk to these people. You really only can beat them at the polls because the left is not going to develop Dylan Roofs. Yeah. And I think it's also like, not just the fact that it's like weirdo, like religious mumbo jumbo bullshit. Like, because that's already bad enough as is. But what's really fucked up about it, again, they want the world to end. You cannot fucking reason with someone whose goal is annihilation of the planet. You cannot reason with them. You cannot talk to them. You cannot sit them down and be like, here's some logical points. Maybe you should... No, no. They want the apocalypse to come. 
And, um, you know, a lot of people are like, but how can they hate Jews and support Israel? Well, Israel is a place, right? <laughs> you don't have to be. Yeah. Like, there's a difference between being Israeli and being Jewish. Like, again, for again, fuck's like, sake. You see where you said, because you said, like, they would pose a question, right? How, how, how could they uh, hate Jews and support Israel? Now we're going back to, they don't make sense at the premise. Yeah, They're they wacky religious fucks. Mm-hmm. Don't try to, like, when the premise doesn't make sense, don't think the outcome is going to or any of the other steps along the way. They were never supposed to. Yep. Yeah, and their argument is that what they want is a state of Israel. They don't care, care if they kill all the Palestinians as long as Israel exists because in their mind... Once Israel exists, they can literally ship every Jewish person on the planet to Israel, and that's going to trigger the apocalypse, and all the Jews are going to die because God is going to come down and kill them. Yeah, and the game right now has too much of the the business model, mm-hmm. and so everyone covers the same thing because the same thing gets the click. Yeah. Right? Like, all of the folks that I think when whatever they do cover is covered responsibly, but they're not covering this because that is the click today. Yep. And that, oh, why name names? I'm not, I'm not popular. No one cares. <laughs> you know who the good lefties are, all right? Yeah. If, you follow, if you follow folks like us, you know who the good lefties are. Yeah. And they're just not fucking doing it. Yeah, I would, yeah, I really wish more people would talk about, like, how dangerous that ideology is. Because, again, the goal is to end the world. That's fucking terrifying. That's also why, you know... Not just Israel, but they're fucked up on on everything else, too. They don't care about climate change. We're going to end the world anyway, right? They don't care about social justice because we're going to end the world anyway. Like, it's once your end goal is killing everything and everyone, nothing else really matters along the way. It doesn't matter if there's people in poverty. It doesn't matter if climate change is happening. It doesn't matter if uh, animals are going extinct because of, uh, you know, like logging and shit. They just don't care. And please understand they don't care. But anyways, that was my rant of the day. Yeah. Speaking of people, white Christian men who don't care about things. Yes. uh, Brittany Watts. Have you heard that name? That's not a familiar name to me. So Brittany Watts' story. And it... Also, just a side note, her story is uh, gaining traction on social media. I'm glad people are talking about it, but I had to do a lot of legwork to find her name. She's just that black woman. Like, that's how people keep like, this woman in Ohio. Her name is Brittany Watts, okay? Um, She is from Warren, Ohio. She is a black woman, and she is currently charged with abuse of, of corpse and is going to trial... Now, you might ask what abuse of a corpse is. Abuse of a corpse is when you allegedly uh, tamper with a dead body as opposed to properly burying it. Now, you might ask, why did Brittany Watts have a dead body? She had a miscarriage in the toilet. She had a miscarriage in the toilet and is now charged with abusing a corpse for the fetus that was not viable that she miscarried. This is where we are. These people don't make sense. So Brittany Watts, 33, was overcome with emotion Thursday after learning that her case was moving forward. Watts is charged with felony abuse of a corpse, accused of trying to plunge a toilet after having a miscarriage delivery at 22 weeks while using the restroom. Investigators say they found this article is trash. This is a local news outlet, WKBN. They say found a baby. It wasn't a baby. It was a stillborn fetus. It wasn't even old enough to be viable. It was 22 weeks. Fuck you for calling this a baby. Uh, investigators said they found the fetus, not baby, stuck in a toilet in Watts' home on September 22nd. 
Uh, Detective Nick Carney of the Warren Police Department said, quote, she said she felt the baby come out and there was a big splash. Forensic pathologist Dr. George Sturbins uh, testified in an autopsy, found no injury to the fetus. The unborn fetus had died before passing through the birth canal. He said that Watts' medical records showed she had already visited the hospital twice before the delivery and had been sent home. Right? So everybody knew that this was a non-viable fetus and she was going to miscarry it. She went to the hospital twice. She got sent home. She ended up miscarrying on the toilet. And now she is facing a fucking felony. The fetus was going to be non-viable. It was going to be non-viable because there is an ad that just popped up that I don't want to click on. Uh, sorry, y'all. Uh, the fetus was going to be non-viable. It was going to be non-viable because she had premature ruptured membranes, meaning her water had broken early and the fetus was too young to be delivered. Uh, both the assistant prosecutor and Watts' attorney argued why this case should or should not move forward. Uh, the issue isn't how the child died. It's when the child died. Uh, it's the fact the baby was put into a toilet large enough to clog up a toilet and left in that toilet, said Warren Assistant Prosecutor Louis Guanieri. Again, they keep calling this a child and a baby, but it wasn't even fucking viable. That's not a child. That's a fetus. And a stillborn one at that. So no, every word they say is propaganda. They don't know how to not talk outside of being propagandist. Seriously. Um, the defense, her defense attorney, Tracy Timko, said this is a 33 year old with no criminal record who is demonized for something that happens every day. Uh, Warren Municipal Court Judge Terry Ivanchak found probable cause to bind the case over. He said, quote, there are better scholars than I am to determine the exact legal status of this fetus corpse body birthing tissue, whatever it is. This is the judge, y'all. He literally said this fetus corpse body birthing tissue, whatever it is. All right. Uh, matter of fact, I'm assuming uh, most of these issues are about uh, are all about at what point something becomes viable. So, yeah, she had a miscarriage happened on the toilet. That's actually quite common um, because you think you have to go to the bathroom. It's like a natural response. Even people who go into labor and uh, successfully give birth have viable uh, babies. You know, they oftentimes are known for like, let's be real. Pregnancy and labor is kind of gross sometimes like a lot of people who are in labor they piss on themselves they shit on themselves and you really do feel like you have to go to the bathroom so it's incredibly common for a fetus that is stillborn to end up in the toilet because the pregnant person thinks that they just have to go to the bathroom and it's actually uh the body expelling the fetus and of course you know uh the prosecutor's white the judge is white she's black this is ohio i don't have high hopes for her um but it's going across social media i guess we'll see what happens I haven't had time to do a deep dive yet. I would be fascinated to know, um, like, if this judge was, like, elected, who elected them. Um, I want to know more about this prosecutor. Because this just seems um, like a frivolous and petty way to prosecute someone for having a miscarriage. And, of course, uh, we tried to warn everybody that once Roe versus Wade was gone, that people were going to get prosecuted for having miscarriages. We got told that we were hysterical and being dramatic, and now here we are. This woman is basically being prosecuted for having a miscarriage. Um, this would be a great time for the Democratic Party to step up and actually enshrine abortion rights into law, but they seem to have no interest in doing that. So I expect a lot more of these cases to be coming up in the near future. Yeah, that's that. Indeed. <laughs> and I know we are uh, on Facebook Live, so the program will be available there. Uh, 
you're hearing um, us live while also bringing in clips that you may not have heard. Maybe you only tune in on the weekends, right? Life is different no matter how long you've tuned into the wine cellar, right? Your life may have changed over the past 11 years. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't tune in on the weekdays, but you're like, hey, it's the weekend. What's going on in podcast land? I am replaying the uh, significant clips and we are going to continue on with what we got from the uh, Brianna Gay trial. Mm-hmm. All right, coming oh. out of there. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're ready for Brianna now? Uh, yes. Oh, you oh. got another news piece. Yeah, I was just going to. I just have one more quick one. Um, this oh, has yeah. been covered before, but it's worth covering it again. Um, Mars, you know, the chocolate company, the candy company. Yes. They've been under uh, pressure because they use child slave labor, right? Human trafficking. Yes. Uh, to harvest their chocolate. Um, it's been found out that they're doing it again after making promises to protect children in their supply chain. Um, they are actually using children as young as five years old in Ghana, in Africa, so nobody cares about them, uh, because racism. Uh, but yeah, there's five-year-olds in Africa who are harvesting cocoa so that you can eat your fucking M&Ms, and maybe you should just give up the fucking M&Ms and start buying something from ethical chocolate companies. So yeah, it's really just more like, um... I guess an update, because this story has been going on for years, like we've known about it, and all they do is get fined, nothing changes, but they surprisingly, shockingly, um, did not follow through when they promised to stop using child labor. And tr- and I know one of you was thinking, I can say this to that conservative I know, and they'll start to come around on capitalism. No, they won't. They are. They have been programmed. Their brains are programmed. They will call this crony capitalism Mm -hmm. and not real capitalism and they'll just if they the closest they'll come to giving you a name is they'll say the Rothschilds (laughs) all right Mm -hmm. or they're just gonna say all kinds of elites Mm -hmm. and and some and even sometimes they'll put a, a scare quotes in the air with their fingers they're not receptive no they're not yeah and, you know, they're only getting worse now with the way the propaganda is now. They got a big basketball movie they're about to be into this winter. Mm. Ready for that from the Daily Wire. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's um, get a uh, back to the court. Yes. Back to the court. All right. And uh, and again, um, we'll continue on with more programming. Right. Haven't done a lot of uh, daily programming uh, in quite some time, but things have changed can move about a little bit more. Here we go. All right. Now I'm taking a look at a CBS News right here. And this is uh, coming off of the Breonna Gay trial. A plan to kill a 16-year-old transgender girl was found in the bedroom of one of the two other teenagers accused of her murder. This information is coming from a United Kingdom court this past Tuesday, time of recording, Wednesday morning, 3.34 a.m. I have a shift to get to. Bianca Gay was stabbed 28 times in the head, neck, back and chest in a park in Warrington. This is in Northwest England. And it was on February 11th this year in a crime that drew international attention. A boy and a girl 
And to my understanding, the court... Yes, okay, they uh, they have this in the article. Let's continue. A boy and a girl who were aged 15 at the time and cannot be named because they are under 18 hmm, were charged with the murder and went on trial Monday. The Manchester Crown Court was told that the pair, now 16 years old, and referred to in court as Girl X and Boy Y. Boy Y. Discussed killing uh, Brianna Gay days and weeks beforehand. Days and weeks. Sounds premeditated to me. The prosecutor, Deanna Heer, H-E-E-R, said the girl X sent Boy Y a photo of a handwritten note um, headed, and by headed, they would mean titled. Uh, It's a handwritten note headed, quote, Saturday, 11th February, 2023, victim Brianna Gay, end quote, eight days before the killing. So this handwritten note with this uh, headline was sent eight days before the killing and discussions were were held uh, go back up to the previous paragraph here. Do-do-do. They discussed the uh, days and weeks beforehand. Okay. The note was found in the girl's bedroom after she was arrested and laid out details to meet her co-defendant uh, and then go with Brianna to the park. Quote, I say code word to boy Y. He stabs her in the back as I stab her in the stomach. Boy Y drags the body into the area. Uh, We both cover up the area with logs, etc. End quote. And this was on the note. Now back to the um, attorney here told the jury it was the prosecution's case that it was clearly a plan to kill Brianna Gay. On February 11th, a woman who called the emergency services reported an attack and uh, said she had seen the attackers run away, a lawyer added. DNA evidence from Girl X and Boy Y was found on drink bottles at the scene, and they were spotted together on dash cam footage, she uh, told the court. After their arrest the next day, police found uh, the notes while uh, while trainers and a uh, jacket pl- uh, trainers. I think they're talking about um, athletic shoes. All right. So after the arrest, the police found the notes, the athletic shoes, the trainers and a jacket plus a hunting knife, um, all with Brianna's bloodstains on them uh, were discovered in the boy's bedroom. These murderers definitely just committing the murder was their only plan um the girl told police that Brianna had left them to meet a boy from Manchester while the boy blamed the attack on his co-defendant here said he answered no comment when asked about the knife here has said that each defendant blames the other but it was the prosecution case that, um, quote, 
whoever it was who delivered the fatal uh, blow or blows, both defendants are equally guilty, end quote. Yeah, like, I'm one stab in the back, one stab in the stomach, like in the back, like to my understanding, that's how you puncture a lung, right? Stab in the stomach, I'm pretty sure there's, I'm not a anatomyist, but I'm pretty sure there's stuff in there that you need to not have stabbed. Yeah, these are both a couple of little murdering monkey-ass fucking animals. Like, just, you know, I'm not going to put this on YouTube. I don't care. Just give them to me, all right? Give them to me. I'll fucking grab their necks and, you know, you get rid. All right, continuing. This is not very good commentary. Let me get this story done. This kind of stuff really pisses you off here. Um, <clears throat> a GoFundMe uh, crowdfunding page uh, supporting Brianna Gay's family uh, has topped 140000 A uh, separate GoFundMe launched by Brianna Gay's mother to benefit Mindfulness in Schools Project has raised over $30,000. Quote um, <clears throat> from Esther Gay, Brianna uh, Gay's mother, put... The traumatic impact that this had on my family was so enormous that I decided to help make a difference to our society to reduce the risk of this happening again to another young person. End quote from uh, Esther Gay's page. Between October 2022 and September 2023, over 300 trans and gender diverse people around the world were reported murdered. Uh, according to data applied uh, compiled by nonprofit uh, Transgender Europe, a report released uh, Monday by the Human Rights Campaign (HRC), who I remember in 2012, kind of uh, like they they were run by transphobes, to my understanding. This was uh, some time ago. This was early in the podcasting years. Um, But a report released uh, this past Monday by the Human Rights Campaign said that at least 33 transgender and gender um, non-conforming people have been killed in the last 12 months in the U.S. earlier this year. Uh, HRC declared a, quote, state of emergency, end quote, for LGBTQ plus Americans for the first time in its 40-year history. Yeah, you know, there really is no legitimate reason to have a beef with uh, transgender kids. And I say, and I see the as I'm looking at the article here on CBS News, there are there are not a lot of photographs around of uh, Brianna Gay, but uh, like they have this photograph here where Brianna Gay uh, appears to be eating uh, maybe a Twix candy bar, uh, some some sort of a chocolate coated candy bar is what it looks like. Brianna Gay is uh, holding. Uh, with this sort of the brown sweater, brown striped sweater, large uh, horizontal stripes, and uh, you know has their you know big old big old nerdy glasses on, just a smiling kid, just a, a smiling white kid, right? Looks like a very not a fascist white kid, just like a normal white kid with a fucking candy bar in the park, and these. Monkey ass murderers. They just uh, they just want to do that. This is just what you do to transgender folks. You know what? Let's uh, let's take a stop and a pause up right here.
The 8 News Now investigators also obtaining documents that show a Clark County Park police officer threatened a woman that she could go to prison if she didn't have sexual relations with him. Wendell Phillips facing charges of oppression under color of office, misconduct of a public officer, and coercion with force or threat. Uh, the reported encounter happened in a casino parking garage. Fuck the police. Coming straight from the underground. Okay. Uh, readjust my microphone and head on over here because different articles have different information. Some have more than others. And I don't know all the ideological leanings of other articles. I just know what information they have in them that can be verified and cross-referenced. Like, I don't know all these UK ones. Like, this is telegraph.co.uk. I'm sh- I've come across them before easily in this past decade plus of programming. And I... Yeah, I don't really know their lean, you know, like when it comes to outside of America, it's like either they're all fascism or CNN (laughs) and maybe a lefty here and there. All right. So we get down lower in this article. A great deal of what you see up in the front end is uh, what we've already seen. But you get toward the center of the article and we'll start here again. Telegraph.co.uk. Jurors were told she had been stabbed 28 times in the head, neck, back, and chest in a sustained and violent assault by two teenagers who had discussed in depth the way in which they planned to kill her. The court heard that um, at the time of her death, Brianna, who had been, um, uh, they, yes, we understand that, uh, uh, that Brianna is transgender. They go into, like, it's a sentence that I'm not going to read out loud because I think it's just unnecessary in telling the audience that Brianna is transgender. In text messages, the teenagers discussed whether Brianna would, quote, scream like a boy or a girl as they plotted how to assassinate her. Emphasis in my voice is to represent the quotations. Her killers, both uh, 15 at the time, had previously tried to lure her to the park weeks earlier under the pretext of taking drugs, only for Bianca to cancel at the last minute. Um, Girl X, wearing a dress and a gray cardigan, and Boy Y... Wearing uh, black trousers and a shirt with a gray tie, sat silently in the dock as the trial began. Opening the prosecution case, uh, Deanna Hare Casey said the text messages exchanged between the uh, killers in the days, weeks, and months before the murder, quote, showed they were preoccupied with violence, torture, and death, end quote. The messages record them discussing how they wanted to kill people they knew in general. I have cats in my house and I just heard a noise. I'm going to pause. Unpause. Nothing is broken. All right. Continuing to a quote from... um, the prosecutor Deanna Her KC or Deanna Here, it's H E E R. 
uh, saying, quote, If that was not an unusual way for two teenagers to speak to one another, the messages demonstrate how, over time, they encouraged one another to think about how they would actually carry out a killing and show how they planned together to kill Brianna in just the way that she was, in fact, killed, end quote. In text messages sent in November 22nd, uh, three months before Brianna was killed, the pair discussed killing another boy named only as M, who was uh, interested in the same girl as Boy Y. Girl X later claimed to have murdered two people, although prosecutors said there was no evidence that this was true. That you know of. Though, seeing how they seem to have carried out the aftermath of this murder, maybe evidence wouldn't be too hard to uh, stumble over. On the 15th of December, 2022, she sent a message to Boy Huai, which said, quote, I'm obsessed over someone I know, but don't have feelings for them. She's called Brianna. I don't know how to explain. Also, she has a... Uh, and they put the uh, genitals there, and LOL, and end quote. The court heard that Boy Y responded to the message with offensive slurs. Girl X told him that Brianna was, quote, trans, and she sounded like a girl and looked really pretty, end quote. Uh, the court heard that Boy Huai responded, quote, I don't think you are necessarily in love, but I think you are more curious and intrigued by its unnatural nature, end quote. When you hear transphobes talk to each other kind of uncensored and, hmm, Transphobia really is very dangerous as well as we continue to see. Like, you've got to, like, if you are raising a child, just raise them against transphobia from the start, aggressively against transphobia out the gate. Yeah, like, the propaganda is really revved, revved up and very deliberate. Um, continuing, uh, Girl X agreed that she found uh, Brianna, uh, quote, fascinating, adding, she's really different, end quote. A month before the killing in January, the court heard um, Girl X's obsession with Brianna uh, turned darker. On January 28th, two weeks before the murder, the teenagers hatched a plan to lure Brianna to Lanier Park, the court heard. Brianna did not attend the park on that occasion, canceling her plans at the last minute. Over the weekend, the teenagers continued to discuss how they would kill Brianna. The judge, Mrs. Justice Yip, told the jury that the boy had been diagnosed with autism since being remanded in custody and has, quote, high levels of anxiety, and his communication was very limited end quote the girl had also been diagnosed with traits of autism and ADHD 
end quote, and anxiety, she added. The trial continues. The article on telegraph.co.uk ends there. Um, looking back at some of this again, like just people talking to each other about a transgender person without constructive and dare I say educated guidance this is dangerous they discuss whether Brianna would scream like a boy or a girl they use the language assassinate hmm um, looking further here, just looking back over it once more. The messages recording them discussing how they want to kill people they know. So they already want to kill as well. And like so, a human being just being transgender, like just particularly grabbed their attention. Hmm. Grab their attention or because like. They're out there in the UK. Like, isn't that known as Turf Island, to my understanding? I'm not really in the uh, Twitter streets, as it were. Hmm. Yeah, this stuff. It says she sounded like a girl and looked pretty. Uh, she's called Beyonder. I don't know how to explain. Also, she has these genitals. Just looking at these messages again says I'm obsessed over someone I know but don't have feelings for them obsessed over someone I know but don't have feelings for them and that is where like just trans erasure trans invisibility queer invisibility and then just no education or misinformation disinformation lies propaganda you get here and so much is on purpose. Maybe some is inadvertent. Maybe in the entertainment sphere, I would um, I would turn to some folks uh, like some transgender and queer folks that I follow to uh, see what they think about that. Like um, let me let me like think of like Kalen Conrad on the YouTube's. I would go to Kalen Conrad. Uh, there's another individual. Okay, I had to run another pause again and check. Yeah, there's an individual on the YouTube that goes by Dead Domain. Uh, real dope kid. Uh, yeah, dead, go on the YouTube and look up Dead Domain. Uh, some months ago, they actually like uh, went undercover, I guess you could say, in a in a hate church. Uh, like, real, real ill cat, ill, ill commentator. Uh, I would dare uh, call this youngster a journalist. All right. Okay, so the Brianna Gay story, uh, again, shout out to the Locos uh, bringing this story back to me. And uh, we'll wrap that up there. That'll be the morning wine cellar. I got a shift to get to. Uh, gonna twist the wrenches around, grab the old screwdriver, turn this, do that, smack these pieces together. Go over here to this machine that's down, get that thing back up and running again. Go over here to this thing, get that back up and running again. Sign the paperwork. And talk to this uh, uh, young Generation Z kid that works there that is a, uh, also a dope kid that I work with. And uh, hopefully you'll hear their voice on the program uh, within the next uh, three months or so. Uh, right now they're reading a book 
and then we will talk about that book. Please be as safe as possible wherever you are. The news is a shit show these days. At Big B Coffee, and we're we here believe to give in... you a break from the white supremacist media bullshit by bringing you the shitty news so that you can feel less like shit because you know the people discussing all the fucked up shit give a shit about you and the shitty situations you deal with every day. So shit, pour yourself a glass and settle in for Father Teresa's wine cellar. <coughs> Alright, and it's looking like our microphones are back on live in studio still on facebook live still on the uh, sunday evening live broadcast uh phoenix Kaleeder, william dark skin nigglesworth <laughs> haven't heard that in a while i have not heard that one in a long time yeah bit bit of a while <laughs> right uh phoenix Kaleeder had a little bit of news and then um I just I have some old clips I want to re-air on um, some white supremacist terrorism going on out there as it is coming back. So I just want to replay the old clips before getting to the new news. Yes. Yeah. So um, if folks haven't heard, they are now doing raids in Russia of gay bars. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. Um, so Russian security forces raided gay clubs and bars across Moscow Friday night, less than 48 hours after the country's top court banned what it called the global LGBTQ movement uh, and said it was an extremist organization. So literally being an L- being queer is now uh, makes you basically an extremist in Russia. Police searched venues across the Russian capital, including a nightclub, a male sauna, and a bar that hosted LGBTQ parties under the pretext of drug raids, according to local media outlets. Eyewitnesses told journalists that clubgoers' documents were checked and photographed by security services. They also said that managers had been able to warn patrons before police arrived. The raids followed a decision by Russia's Supreme Court to label the country's LGBTQ movement as an extremist organization. The ruling, which uh, was made in response to a lawsuit filed by the Justice Ministry, is the latest step in a decade-long crackdown on LGBTQ rights under Vladimir Putin, who has emphasized, quote, traditional family values during his 24 years in power. I just want to point out that the Justice Ministry is involved, and like this is the result of getting the justice. All right, fine, fine. Uh, Activists noted the lawsuit was lodged against a movement that is not an official entity and that under its broad and vague definition, authorities could crack down on any individuals or groups deemed to be a part of it. I agree. Several LGBTQ plus venues have already closed down following the decision, including St. Petersburg Gate, St. Petersburg, St. Wow, check me out. St. Peter, Petersburg's Gay Club Central Station. It wrote on social media Friday that the owner would no longer allow the bar to operate with the current law in effect. Uh, Human rights lawyer Max Olenichev, maybe, sorry I said your name wrong, Uh, who works with the Russian LGBTQ community, told the Associated Press before the ruling that the goal is is to ban activity and the rights of LGBTQ people. In practice, he said, it could happen that the Russian authorities, with this court ruling in hand, will enforce the ruling against LGBTQ initiatives that work in Russia, considering them a part of the civic movement. 
Before the ruling, leading Russian human rights groups filed a document with the Supreme Court that called the Justice Ministry lawsuit discriminatory and a violation of Russia's constitution. Some LGBTQ activists tried to become a party in the case, but were rebuffed by the court. So if you've been following the timeline, because a couple years ago, we covered uh, the gay concentration camps in Russia, right? Remember that? Yes. I think that was around 2018. So this is a brief, brief timeline. Ten years ago, they passed uh, a Don't Say Gay bill and dra- uh, did bans on drag shows. Seven years ago, they started blocking porn sites. Three years ago, it became illegal to transition if you are a transgender individual. And now they're doing the raids. And, of course, the gay concentration camps are still there. I would just point out the parallels of what's happening in the United States. They're also trying to ban porn. They also have uh, Don't Say Gay bills. There's also bans on drag shows. They're also trying to make it illegal for people to transition gender. Uh, How far are we from having the same sort of issue here? And again, neither party seems particularly interested in helping LGBTQ people. I know this isn't the swap cast, but worth noting here as well, uh, we have bills like COSA, uh, K-O-S-A, Kids Online Safety Act, that are bipartisan. Um, and those bills are literally aimed at eradicating LGBTQ content uh, from the internet, right? Uh, and basically saying that it is illegal to be gay, it is illegal to have gay content, and not just sexually explicit content, but just gay content. Like, you could be a gay person making content, and bills like COSA would basically try uh, to remove your content from the internet. It is a bipartisan bill. Uh, Elizabeth Warren is actually one of the people who's like behind this bill. Um, we also have conservatives like Republican Marsha Blackburn openly said that she wants to use this bill to eradicate LGBTQ content online. So not being hyperbolic about that, that really is the goal and it has bipartisan support. And if this is happening in Russia, we're not that far from it here. And I really need Democratic leadership to start showing up in like defending civil rights here. We'll see what happens. But um, I mostly just want to do that update to show what's going on in Russia. Um, because this is, I guess, sort of a an update, if you will, um, about the concentration camps, right? Because that was kind of a big thing then when we covered it and they were... Um, you know, just basically dragging gay people out of their, in particular gay men, I believe, um, out of their uh, homes in the middle of the night and people were being disappeared. They were being tortured. Um, No one knew like where anybody was. It was kind of a mess. So yeah. 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 That's that. Uh, I'm sorry. I was just trying to look and see if I could find real quick my tweet. Um, because I want to see, like, when the uh, concentration camp thing was happening. And, of course, Twitter is, like, not cooperating with me. Oh, yeah. And that ha- that has to do with, like, uh, the people that work there being laid off or fired since... Something um, like that, yeah. Yeah. That's so. my understanding. I- ever since Elon took it over, it's just become, like, an- just an absolute fucking hell site. Um, in terms of... Well, I mean, it was already a hell site, like, socially in a lot of ways. But especially in terms of... Um, like functionality it's just gone so fucking far downhill yeah so i used to check it like uh definitely when i was doing more sit down work maybe like uh five to ten times a day and then down to like one time a day and now i check it like once a week maybe or once every 10 days or so sometimes and um it, it's just it's hard to it's literally hard to use and i don't mean hard to use as in like there's trolls in my comments it's hard to use as in like i throw in search words that i would have searched a year ago and found a something and i don't find a something anymore mm-hmm. like t- 
tweets that I know that still exist where it's like, well, I can find it on the smartphone, but not on the browser or on the browser and not the smartphone. What happened? <laughs> well, we know. We know. Um, yeah, I'm looking back. Finally, got it to work through my old tweets. I see May, uh, tweets from May of 2017 about the concentration camp situation. So um, it's been going on at least that long. And yeah, it's not great. And then this is also coupled with uh, their return to traditional values. Because, right, we also covered when they um, decriminalized domestic violence. So uh, this is maybe not a good time to be in Russia. Maybe not. Yeah. Know. And we basically did like educational material on like how to do show prep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember that. So, yeah. so it was like, uh, what, four or five articles to get that one story together. Right. So, yeah, um, that's what's going on. And this is really a good time to start fighting for LGBTQ rights because it never stops with just trans people. All right. And from there, we'll go ahead and, um, and refresh ourselves on some of what was going on with attacks on these power substations details on the recent attack on two power stations in North Carolina. CBS News has obtained reports that shows there's growing online chatter from domestic extremist groups is celebrating the recent attack. The attack in Moore County has the government concerned about America's grid infrastructure. The biggest concern, though, is copycat attacks in the coming weeks. The Department of Energy reports roughly 70 intentional attacks on electrical facilities this year alone. So far, no one has been arrested. North Carolina's governor is offering a $75,000 reward for any information leading to an arrest. Well, tonight, the nation's intelligence agencies are warning of cyber threats from Russia and are urging U.S. critical infrastructure defenses to be reinforced. As CBS's Bill Whitaker reported on Sunday night, 60 Minutes, it wouldn't take much to throw the entire country into darkness. The grid is a sprawling target. There are actually three in the U.S. The Eastern, Western, and Texas has its own. Most of us rarely notice substations. There are 55,000 across the country, each housing transformers, the workhorses of the grid. Inside these massive metal boxes, raw electricity is converted to higher or lower voltages. Should a transformer explode, like this one in Manhattan during Superstorm Sandy, the system is designed to trigger a localized grid-preserving blackout. But if several sections of the grid go down at the same time, the shutdowns can cascade like dominoes. That's what set off the Great Northeast Blackout in 2003, leaving 45 million Americans without power. A few months before the assault on Metcalf, John Wellinghoff of FERC commissioned a study to see if a physical attack on critical transformers could trigger cascading blackouts. It was actually a very shocking result to us that there's very few number of substations you need to take out uh, in the entire United States to knock out the entire grid. Knock out the entire grid? That's correct. How many would it take to knock out putting the entire country in a blackout? Less than 20. And Bill Whitaker joins us now. So, Bill, just 20 substations to knock out the entire system. I mean, that's unbelievable. But your reporting is it could be even less than that. 
That's right, Nora. That report was from 2013, and it actually found the number was even lower, nine. Taking out just nine critical substations could black out the whole country. We were told by multiple sources that the number has not changed much, that less than 20 is a fair assessment. Well, what can the government do or anybody do about this? Spend money. And spend it on two things. One, to increase the capacity of these high-powered transmission lines so you decrease their vulnerability to large-scale blackouts. That's already happening through the administration's new infrastructure bill. And two, invest in better security. But that's not happening right now. Remember, the country's 3,000 power companies are in the business of selling electricity, not national security. And this last point is really important because the threat is real. Just last week, three white supremacists pleaded guilty to plotting to attack power grids throughout the country. And they had a plan to hit critical substations simultaneously to cause a massive blackout. Quite scary. Bill Whitaker, thank you. It was captured on surveillance video. You can see a brief streak of light, perhaps a flashlight carried by an attacker. Then come the sparks. They are bullets hitting the chain link fence that surrounds the Pacific Gas and Electric or PG&E substation in San Jose, a station that feeds power to Silicon Valley. California Congressman Henry Waxman says it shows our electrical grid isn't adequately protected from both cyber and now physical attacks. This was an unprecedented and sophisticated attack on an electric grid substation uh, using military-style weapons. The April attack occurred just before 1 in the morning. The snipers first went into an underground vault and cut telephone cables. A half hour later, they sprayed the substation with bullets for nearly 20 minutes, knocking out 17 transformers, according to PG&E. When police arrived, the shooters were gone, but they found more than 100 shell casings from a high-powered assault rifle. No fingerprints. It seemed like a professional job. To prevent a blackout, energy workers rerouted power, but it took nearly a month to make the repairs. Under slightly different conditions, there could have been a serious power outage or worse. It was a little known attack, and it's not clear what the motives were. But now, months later, some are trying to bring it to the forefront, arguing that if similar shootings happened throughout the nation at once, collectively, they could take out a large chunk of the electrical grid, leaving millions in the dark. John Wellingoff is the former chair of the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. I spoke to him by phone. This is more about the larger issue of physical security of these high voltage substations nationwide and the need to ensure that some defensive measures start being put in place. He suggests measures such as opaque fences instead of open chain ones that you can see and shoot through and more sophisticated surveillance cameras to help identify suspects. Now, the case of San Jose, the FBI says at this point they have no connection to terrorism, but we should point out since they don't have any suspects yet, it's not possible to discern a motive. Turn now to some breaking news. CBS News has learned of new online chatter from domestic extremist groups following that recent attack on two electric substations in North Carolina. Some of those posting online are advocating for further attacks on major cities like New York and Washington, D.C. CBS's Mark Strassman is in North Carolina, where the lights are finally coming back on. With two substations in Moore County raked by gunfire, more worrisome than ever, 
security around America's grid infrastructure. Most concerningly is copycat attacks in the coming weeks against other elements of the grid. Chris Krebs, CBS News cybersecurity expert, has watched threats against America's grid proliferate, like this one posted online hours after the Moore attack. So substations can be easily compromised. Hmm, tell me more. This attacker knew exactly where to hit. And they did it deliberately, and they did it multiple times, and they did it very thoroughly. There's a playbook for it if you're so inclined. Absolutely. There is absolutely a playbook. The Department of Energy reports roughly 70 intentional attacks on electric facilities just this year. CBS News has confirmed recent physical attacks on substations in Oregon and Washington. And a series of specific threats in California from domestic violent extremists that will likely remain a threat to the electricity subsector through 2023. Lights are back on. Back in Moore County, the lights came on for the first time since Saturday in Santa Nassar's furniture store. Back in business. But Anthony Parks has major losses in his ice cream shop. Tossed $9,000 worth of spoiled dairy. Everybody's still a little bit raw and upset and angry that this happened in the first place. To give you a sense of where this case stands, the FBI today put out another plea for tips, and the governor announced a new $75,000 reward for information that leads to an arrest. Nora? Mark Strassman, thank you very much. We want to get to some breaking news now out of Baltimore. The U.S. Attorney for the District of Maryland announced moments ago that the FBI has arrested a man and a woman accused of planning to attack the power grid in the Baltimore area. Sarah Clan Daniel and Brandon Russell were taken into custody last week. They have been described by the U.S. Attorney as racially motivated with plans to, quote, destroy this whole city. NBC News senior legal correspondent Laura Jarrett joins me now. Laura, what can you tell us about this case? Yeah, Lindsay, it was a disturbing plot that federal authorities appear to have thwarted successfully. As you mentioned, this couple allegedly conspired to shoot up power stations in the Baltimore area. Five different power stations, at least according to federal authorities, was their goal. Brandon Russell, someone who is well known within the law enforcement community, an avowed neo-Nazi who had recently only gotten out of prison, uh, he had been previously incarcerated for possessing explosive material. And then this woman, Sarah Clendaniel, someone he apparently met in prison, the couple struck up a relationship. And then uh, through the process of actually speaking to a federal informant, uh, managed to get entangled in this situation. Now, as for their motive, we're still learning a little bit about that. But federal authorities did confirm at that press conference just a short time ago that they were described as racially or ethically motivated. Uh, it appears that they wanted to wreak havoc. Russell allegedly saying that attacking the power grid is the greatest thing that somebody could do. In his words, the pair will be in court later today on those charges. As you mentioned, they have been arrested. As for the larger context here, we know, of course, that power stations, substations and attacks on them have been a problem as authorities have been sort of raising the red alarm about that for the past couple months. We've seen these in other states, um, people shooting power stations, disrupting the grid for tens of thousands of customers. It doesn't appear that anything like that happened here. Authorities were questioned about whether this was part of some larger plot, and it doesn't appear, at least for now, based on what we know, that it was. Uh, but certainly, if they had managed to go through with this, it would have been quite disruptive, Lindsay. Laura Jarrett, thank you.
Thanks. All right, let's save you some money this morning. Yeah, I might have your attention now, right? Uh, these holiday shopping deals just aren't what they used to be. We told you before about shrinkflation. That's where companies charge you the same amount, but give you less. Well, now people are saying they're seeing skimpflation, where products and services have lost their... Oh, that's right. Yes, the uh, shrinkflation, skimpflation mm-hmm. uh, material that I... <laughs> I had there. I do. I make a. Uh, I make a little playlist called uh, Wine Cellar Daily News, and that was one of the ones I added to it. Um, and then I went ahead into a uh, an AI report for Phoenix Collider to uh, respond to. Okay. And then I'm um, seeing um, uh, Adrian, who's been on the program before, uh, in the live Facebook comment sections, uh, saying, uh, "Hello, it's been too long. Indeed, it's been." It, it's been long life. <laughs> the, the gray nose hairs compound. Um, there are, um, uh, da da da, saying uh, thank you for dropping truth bombs, Phoenix Collider. And the uh, first time someone was prosecuted for a miscarriage was a black woman, um, Regina McKnight, in 1994. Jesus. And she was finally released after years in prison. 1994. All right. Um, and then let's uh, take a look back over here at this uh, skimpflation. Let's let that continue and roll into the um, and roll into the next one, which will will be uh, Sports Illustrated accused of using AI to write articles. Mm. Let's save you some money this morning. Yeah, I might have your attention now, right? Uh, these holiday shopping deals just aren't what they used to be. We've told you before about shrinkflation. That's where companies charge you the same amount, but give you less. Well, now people are saying they're seeing skimpflation, where products and services have lost their quality, but the price remains the same. Our Delia Consolves is teaching us how to spot this tactic so you don't get shortchanged. Have you ever had a favorite product you've been buying for years that suddenly seemed a little worse? I have with toilet paper. It used to flush more easily, it used to not clog anything, and now it's clogging very frequently. The reason may be something consumer advocates call skimpflation. Skimpflation, very simply, is when a manufacturer reformulates a product with cheaper ingredients. He may actually literally water it down. Skimflation is a side effect of inflation. Some companies pay more for ingredients they cut back, but charge you the same price. Last year, Smart Balance Spread changed its formula from 64% vegetable oil to 39%. They said to make it easier to spread. When customers complained, they changed the formula back. Skimpflation can show up at the grocery store and cleaning products and even over-the-counter medications. And too often, consumers don't even notice it's happening. The trouble is, it's very hard to detect. If a manufacturer of beef stew, let's say, used to put four ounces of beef in the package and now all of a sudden it has three ounces, you're not going to see that on the label. It's disappointing uh, to know that you're getting the short end of the stick as the consumer paying the same amount for, you know, inferior quality products. Jaworski says to spot skimflation, 
you'll need to be a savvy shopper. If your dishwasher detergent doesn't clean as well, if your stew doesn't taste as good as it used to, if your paper towels are thinner than they were, you're getting less for your money. Pay close attention. And uh, and then the fun thing is the way 9WUSA ends this is they just fade it out and upload that to YouTube. The segment wasn't over yet. That's funny. So like whoever lives there locally saw the whole segment. They were like, that's all we need for YouTube. Two minutes, 10 seconds. I like the fact that they did skimflation in their own video because you didn't get the whole video. I- <laughs> but I mean, that's capitalism, baby. You gotta <laughs> Capitalism, you gotta keep finding new ways to make money. Yeah, this one isn't gonna get enough clicks anyway, Bill. <laughs> and um <clears throat> and really skimpflation. Back in my day we called it pinching the sack. Really? Alright. Right? Nobody has ever called it that. No, now that no, now that would be an OnlyFans page. It would be an OnlyFans page. Pinching the sack. Doc. Come on, Doc. <laughs> 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 okay, and now off to uh Big uh, Phoenix Kalita topic, um, artificial yes. intelligence. Because Phoenix, Phoenix Kalita is an artist that has um, matriculated from little X-Men scribbles <laughs> on up to the big time. And is doing the big stuff. I know, the dad, the dad jokes are magnetic. They call oh, me Dad oh. Nito. Oh, no. <laughs> as no, it goes. No, no. Yeah. I'm an X-Man. Absolutely not. No, y'all, I'd be making him listen to me talk about AI, like, so often. (laughs) So, like, almost every day at this point. And I mostly, over the, like, past 18 months or so, I've mostly heard about it from Jokers. And that's the thing. It it messes it up when unserious people are your only source of commentary on a topic. (laughs) Sorry, y'all. The cat just jumped on my lap. Claws out. Kind of hurt. Yeah, this is one of them 20-pound cats. A lot of weight behind those talons. Thuggish. All right. Uh, AI from Phoenix Kaliter, who, uh, again, has matriculated from <laughs> X-Men scribbles and stenciling. We'll go ahead and load Sports up. Illustrated and its parent company have been rocked by accusations the magazine has posted articles by authors who don't exist. The writers were created by artificial intelligence. CTV's Vanessa Lee explains. The headline is damning. An investigation by science and technology website Futurism found Sports Illustrated published articles by fake AI-generated writers. I find it quite concerning that to, to see the use of fake authors in this way with fake faces and fake bios that, you know, communicate to readers that they might have a certain expertise that they don't actually have. Futurism says it found at least six fake names churning out dozens of articles for the storied brand, including Drew Ortiz. It states he is a product reviews team member and even includes his email address, except he doesn't really exist. It's AI-generated headshots, and we were able to find um, all of every fake person that we were able to find with a headshot attached. We were able to track that those headshots to that website where they're available for sale. Okay, so so not just the articles, but also like yeah. the actual writer in and of itself is just like a white dude, crew cut, clearly real guy. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good. Now the now the right-wingers that like to scream false flag can really scream it. And that's the thing is that I've been trying to tell y'all about AI. 
Really? Well, for a while now. Uh-huh. All right? I have. Mm-hmm. But you see, the thing is, because I, 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 as an original artist, <laughs> I mostly draw one character from an Avatar film. That's my thing. I mostly do that. And I really don't. All right. All right. Snarking it up. I'm being rude. All right. But Phoenix Leader, this is a. Yes. It yeah. is no joke, though. Yeah. No, like it really is a problem um, because that, like, you know what? I didn't catch the name of the person who was speaking, but you really do think like, oh, this is a person. This person has expertise. This person is, you know, a well-rounded individual, but they're only spitting out what's in AI. And like the biggest issue, well, not necessarily the biggest issue, but one of the big issues with AI is that it's not, um, like, it doesn't teach itself. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a self-learning, it's not a self-aware thing. All it does is respond based on what is what his, what information it has already been fed. And so, like, if the only people feeding AI are, like, you know, whatever the topic is, like, weirdo capitalists who are white nationalists, guess what kind of shit your AI is going to say, you know? Um, and so it really is a problem and I wish more people were talking about AI. Like there's uh, a lot of issues and this isn't even new because there was also, I think I had mentioned to you off air about the tech conference. Did I mention that to you? Sports Illustrated and its parent. Uh, hold up, a tech Ooh. conference. Yeah. So there's a uh, tech conference that was supposed to be about like diversity and tech and stuff like that. And the women speakers are fake AI profiles. They're not real speakers. Um, does it, let me see if I could find the name. And you said you didn't know the name of the presenter there and the names of the presenters are not listed in the about section of the video clip. Oh, well, hmm. All right. Maybe they're, they're a, uh, oh God. Um, yeah. So Dev Turnity was the name of the conference. The organizer, um, Edwards Sid. Sivas admitted on social media that one of the featured speakers was an auto-generated woman with a fake title. He was responding to allegations about a number of suspicious profiles on his conference websites that appeared to be generated by AI. But he denied that the fake profile was intended to mask the worse than expected levels of diversity of speakers. Uh, okay. Um, he also refused to apologize on Twitter. That, that's going to go great for him. Uh, the revelation led to other speakers dropping out of the virtual conference that was supposed to start on December 7th. Um, Christine Howard said in a post on LinkedIn, quote, I found out that I was the only woman on the agenda and some of the others that were advertised may not even be real. So, yeah, no, this really is beginning to be a thing with like fake uh, journalists doing stories. And I think it's going to do a lot in terms of spreading misinformation quickly. I think that's like a huge problem. And then even going further with the AIs, we're getting into the deep fake situations now um, where people there's websites where you can put a picture of a person and have uh, an, an AI deep fake made of them. And a lot of them are sexual in nature. So it's really fucking creepy to know that like, you know, whoever your neighbor that you won't go out with. Um, you know, if you're a barista, that one weird, awkward customer just needs like one picture from your Facebook or a selfie that you posted on Twitter and they go to the, one of these websites and now there's like a pornographic video made of you, uh, you know, doing something that you never did. And so, yeah, I think we're, um, 
in terms of social danger, in terms of misinformation, in terms of bullying, um, possibilities for abuse, we're in a lot of really murky waters with AI and there aren't any laws about it yet. So it's going to keep going for a while and shit's definitely going to get worse before it gets better. And I'm not a fan. I don't like it. More people should be talking about it. Sports Illustrated has since deleted the articles. The Arena Group, which operates the magazine, says they were product reviews, licensed content from an external third-party company, Advon Commerce, adding it is conducting an internal investigation and has ended that partnership. What is beyond the pale in this case is that it was done with no disclosure. There was no transparency here. In a statement, the Sports Illustrated Union says staff are horrified. If true, these practices violate everything we believe in about journalism. We deplore being associated with something so disrespectful to our readers. SI is the latest media company struggling with AI. American newspaper chain Gannett paused an experiment this summer after botched high school sports articles. The Sports Illustrated Union is demanding the company adhere to basic journalistic standards as it braces for a hit to the magazine's celebrated reputation. Vanessa Lee, CTV News, Montreal. Oh, hold up. Yes. Oh, yeah, you got to pause that Vlad one. (laughs) You You will get all your stuff taken down. You will never have a video up again. <laughs> All right. Um, and from here, I want to go ahead and move us on bra- on back to um, the Brianna Gay story, which, um, and I could have swore I heard someone pronounce the last name different. I might look into that because G-H-E-Y looks like gay to me. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, like a silent H and E-Y. Yeah, but I I thought I heard someone say guy, and I'm not sure now. Hmm. You know, because they are, they are out there in the UK. Maybe they're saying it a little different. Yeah. I'm not sure. All right, but I do want to go ahead and bring up the next one. Because this story, it uh, it it didn't it, it didn't just end, right? Mm-hmm. So here we are, and we're still broadcasting to you, and uh, it will go on for kind of a while. It's a bit of a long one. I took a nap earlier today, so <laughs> I'm kind of doing this. All right, we are continuing with um. <clears throat> this story let's head on over here to the guardian beyond gay murder trial Uh-oh. accused spoke of research on serial killer the court has been told so run that back this was published uh, 15 hours ago so at the time of recording it is 2:25 a.m uh run it back uh what 12 hours would be 2:25 p.m yesterday and uh, three hours before that would be about, so about 11.25 a.m. Yesterday, this was published while I was at work on the shift. So, let's get to this. Hmm. Oop, there we go. So, headline, Brianna Gay murder trial. Accused spoke of research on serial killer, the court's told. 
So, back to the uh, 16-year-old girl accused of murdering the teenager Brianna Gay discussed um, killing her with a spiked McDonald's milkshake and said um, she had been researching an American serial killer known as the Night Stalker. At first, Los Angeles police thought that the murder of a young woman last March was an isolated act of violence, but since then, they've come to believe it was connected to a wide-ranging series of assaults by a killer who's become known as the Night Stalker, a killer who apparently struck again during the weekend. We have a report from Nadine Berger. Police today continue to search for any clues in the near-fatal shooting of 29-year-old William Carnes and the rape of his girlfriend. They're apparently the latest victims of the Night Stalker, thought to be responsible now for 34 brutal attacks, 14 of them fatal. These serial killings, once confined to the near Los Angeles area, are now spread over 500 miles from San Francisco to Orange County. Just as before, the assailant entered a house in a quiet middle-class neighborhood in the pre-dawn hours on Sunday through an unlocked window and attacked the couple while they slept. Neighbors are terrified. Guy just sleep with my hand on my, right by my bed and a sawed-off shotgun, <laughs> which I always have. I see. Why is that? Because if anybody comes in my house, they're not leaving. The killer who attacks randomly is described as white, 25 to 30 years old, with a predominant feature of badly stained teeth. So 5,000 flyers have been distributed to Los Angeles dentists asking for help with identification. And last week, San Francisco Mayor Dianne Feinstein announced ballistic tests have definitely linked the murder of a man there to the Night Stalker. But release of that information has outraged a Los Angeles sheriff frustrated by the difficulty of tracking a random murderer. It places this community in jeopardy because it impedes our ability, our ability to go forward fully with the uh, investigation. There's a total of $35,000 in rewards has been offered, including today a $16 donation from this group of concerned school children. Today, the search for California's Night Stalker continues, and many residents sleep with their doors and windows bolted tight, despite 100-degree temperatures. Nadine Berger. And that was CBS News, August 26, 1985. Diane Feinstein was the mayor of San Francisco. Uh, let's carry ourselves on back to this Guardian article here. So, the girl referred to as X, Girl X, as we know, um, to protect her identity... Uh, told her co-defendant, the 16-year-old boy, known as Y, uh, that she could talk about uh, Richard Ramirez for, quote, like two hours, end quote. The night before Bianca was stabbed to death in a Warrington uh, park, Girl X said she was watching her favorite film, Sweeney Todd, for, quote, like the 9,000th time, end quote. This was in messages read to the court, and she urged Boy Why to watch it, saying, quote, he kills people with one of the sharpest blades in the world, end quote. The jury was played footage of Brianna leaving her house on the uh, day she was murdered, as uh, as she went to meet her alleged killers. Uh, they have it embedded here on this Guardian um, dot U, uh, yeah, the Guardian.com slash UK dash news article. And you can uh, see, yeah, again, I, I think I said this before, just a, just some skinny little teenage kid, just some white kid, you know, and 
these monkey motherfuckers coming murdering for you. Yeah, Jesus. All right. <clears throat> the uh, teenagers deny murdering Brianna, who was transgender in Lanier Park in Colcheth, uh, Colcheth near uh, Warrington on February 11th this year. On the third day of the trial at uh, Manchester Crown Court, the jury heard more messages exchanged by the pair prior to Brianna's killing. The WhatsApp messages, um, to my understanding, WhatsApp is like a telephone-style application that you can download, and you can uh, send and receive text messages. I am way out of culture on this sort of stuff. But that's the basics of it, to my understanding. And so these are WhatsApp messages. And they uh, the, they interposed uh, plans for killing Brianna and four boys that they did not like. And Boy Y was asking Girl X for advice on how to contact a girl he fancied. Mm-hmm. They discussed killing Brianna as a fallback plan in case their plan to kill a boy known as E in the uh, in Lanier Park failed. She would be and quote easier end quote to kill. Um, the teenagers agreed, according to the messages. The jury heard that a uh, girl X claimed to have uh, tried to give Brianna an overdose of ibuprofen around three weeks before the murder, and so this would be her second attempt at killing her. Boy Huai referred to Brianna as, quote, the prey who got away. And to clarify where it may not be necessary, the prey is P-R-E-Y. Understand that. He is identifying himself and his companion, Girl X, as predators stalking prey. Continuing. They debated drugging her again with Girl X suggesting uh, mixing ibuprofen into a McDonald's milkshake. Uh, They later discussed uh, giving Brianna an overdose of cocaine before deciding it would be too expensive. Quote, quote, and um, microphone in and just um, stopping there real quick to uh, uh, to point out again, because we have uh, Adrian in the uh, comments uh, pointing out also that they um, they got the information on Regina McKnight in 1994. Uh, from a uh, a comics book from the Real Cost of Prisons Project. Real Cost of Prisons Project. And I found that link, and I want to link that to my page um, after I finish programming here for the evening. Uh, shout out to Bri- uh, Adrian there. All right. And then um, back to Brianna, and they stopped at the, uh, they found, they thought the cost of cocaine would be too expensive. Let's just stab her. It's more fun, end quote. Mm -hmm. Two weeks before the murder, the teenagers arranged to meet Brianna to go to Lanier Park, but she canceled at the last minute because of a family birthday party. Girl X said she was, quote, fucking pissed. Um, I don't want to wait I just want her to die really badly, 
I want to see pure horror on her face and hear her scream in pain, end quote. Now, remember, we saw before in the, um, I think uh, just prior to this recording, that they said wanted to see if uh, she screamed like a girl or a boy. To my understanding, dogs like chew toys because when they squeeze it, it sounds like an animal dying. Oh, well, that's neither here nor there, isn't it? Uh, Continuing... The girl then discussed keeping one of Brianna's pretty eyes. That's quotes. Pretty eyes after the killing. Let's do that again. The girl then discussed keeping one of Brianna's pretty eyes after the killing, and the boy said he would research preservation methods. This is pure, raw, uncut whiteness on display very and I mean whiteness not as in like ethnically a European person but what the European became when their mm, betters, their elites decided that some of yous is going to be what we call white now That's this whole new thing. The court heard uh, that on the 23rd of January, a few weeks before the killing, the defendants discussed killing a boy who, uh, boy why, feared was too close to a girl he fancied. Girl X suggested kidnapping and torturing the boy before killing him. Boy Y replied, quote, That does sound good, but it would be easier to sweep her off her feet, end quote. Okay. Uh, Girl X claimed uh, she had killed twice before, including a boy called uh, Layden. Uh, The boy replied, quote, "Uh, you're one kill away from being a serial killer, end quote. The girl then told the boy she had been doing, uh, quote, more and more research into a serial killer called Richard Ramirez, I know a lot. I can talk about him for like two hours, including quotes he said and dates of stuff too, a.k.a. the Night Stalker, end quote. The girl claimed that her boyfriend had uh, developed, quote, severe mental illness, end quote, because she had told him about things to do with my past, including the killing of Layden. Uh, The boyfriend was proud of her. Uh, she insisted, but was, quote, now suffering from trauma and PTSD and needs to start therapy again, end quote. Boy Huai said that was good, but try not to tell anyone else. Try not to tell anyone else is in quotes. The boy was not present in court on Wednesday, but watched proceedings via a video link. Wearing a black shirt and a gray necktie, he played with what the judge told the jury was a fidget toy as he listened to the evidence accompanied by the court intermediary. The girl listened from behind the bulletproof glass of the dock, also holding a fidget 
toy. Quote, the experts have said that's something that can help to maintain concentration and manage anxiety, end quote. Uh, that was uh, said by uh, Mrs. Justice Amanda Yip. I don't know if that's just like the way they say it out there in the UK. Mrs. Justice. Uh, the court also heard evidence from Esther Gay. That would be Brianna's mother. Uh, she said Brianna was friends with uh, Girl X and that they would sometimes hang around together after school and go to McDonald's. Esther described an incident in the week of the 23rd of January in which Brianna was really sick. She appeared to be in real pain and was screaming and crying for me to help her. She's never been like that before and never since. This was not long before she was killed. End quote. The jury heard that this was the same week that Girl X claimed to have given Brianna an overdose of ibuprofen. When the pair uh, started allegedly planning to kill Brianna in Lanier Park, Girl X told Boy Why, quote, make sure to wear clothes and shoes you can run in just in case, end quote. And we'll get to the close of this article. On the night before the killing, the boy was trying to get the girl's attention in, uh, on text and messages. Uh, the words quote, death, kill, murder, end quote. She asked why he was uh, texting her randomly, and he replied, quote, I wanted to see what word would summon you, L uh, end quote, and she replies, LMAO, laughing my arse off, fair enough, end quote. The trial continues. I think what I'll go ahead and do is, uh, it's Thursday morning now, to my understanding. I am, uh, I am a busy black feller. Uh, yes, it is Thursday morning right now. Yeah, I think I want to just string together all of these that are being recorded this week and then just could Facebook broadcast them. Like, it's already recorded. The folks listening to the podcast and the, um, the uh the tuned into the patreon have already heard these but i could just uh yeah because they're on uh patreon early access then they go public anyway and then i could just broadcast them on the weekend on uh facebook live and if it's already recorded then i don't actually have to speak on the microphone myself and that would free me up to just um produce visual material while the uh, audio was playing that could be constructive. Yeah, we could actually uh, mix in more news clips and more updates. Yeah, and I could just generally just be behind the board. That, that, that sounds like a good idea. Let me know what y'all think. I think that would be dope, right? Like, do these recordings during the week and then turn these recordings into a public broadcast on the weekend. You know, and it could be alive, and folks could leave comments and say, hey, you know, I think this thing about that story, and we'd all have a good old time. All right. This is uh, devastating stuff here. I will uh, continue on on this one. Um, obviously, you know, we'll we'll swing all on around, all see what's going on with climate change. 
you know, uh, racist pigs, rapist cops, um, sea level rise, and, you know, the general whole business, my main things. But this particular one, let's laser focus on these two little bastards that murdered Brianna Gay. All right, and um, microphone's back on. We still are live broadcasting. I have one more. I have the last Friday upload to add to this broadcast, and I see um, Adrian uh, in the comments saying, I appreciate that definition of uh, whiteness. He made USAA insurance ah! for veterans like James. When he Jesus. found out how much USAA was helping members save, he... I hate automatic ads. Like, those are the automatic ads that... um blog talk radio ads at the end of my episodes Ugh. but uh ad, yeah adrian loco yeah like the the concept of like whiteness um i even use the language like americanized right like it's a it's an americanized irish person an americanized swedish person right an americanized uh who else a german person you know like they really had out there this real ethnicities and identities and cultures like whoever the face later who out there wears the wooden shoes dutch dutch right do your wooden shoe thing that's <laughs> that's some fly ass shit how the fuck did you make that comfortable enough to live on like bring bring your wooden shoes to the table whoever came up with the waltz white people start waltzing again you don't have to do the roger rabbit because you saw a black person do it you don't have to do the running man if that one's hard do the, the whatever waltz adjacent step is the waltz is only a square you can move in a square you can move in a square you can literally square dance yes henry ford would be very proud or not I think he likes a neo-fascist square dance. <laughs> and um, and then the folks, uh, someone behind the Real Cost of Prisons, uh, Prisons Project page left a comment and left a link, uh, as well as um, Adrian uh, uh, leaving a link. And Adriana. we'll be linked. Adrian. Oh, there is an A there. There is an A there. <laughs> I'm saying it like I'm Sylvester Stallone. Then we got the Adrian. Oh, I never even seen that film. Mm-hmm. All right, but I do have um. Ooh, one more. Life is hard over here. Uh, <laughs> things are happening. I'm lactose intolerant. My life is much harder than the average person. Yeah. But yeah, we're uh, kind of funking it up, uh, rebuilding it. You know, start when I started podcasting, I really was just some cat in my late twenties in a room. Now I'm forty in a different room. But it's been a, a a a roller coaster ride getting here, and uh, just seeing how we'll do it again because going three hours every weeknight is no longer feasible, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And then two hours is no longer feasible. Then one hour, and it's like, well, can I do like thirty minute shows in the morning and then string them together to a weekend episode? I think I can put that together, right? So, um, let's go ahead. And get the final one in, and we can all get to rest. And I may have to cut Blog Talk Radio out of this, because Blog Talk Radio only has seven minutes left. Oh. Yeah, let's go ahead and um, and get rid of them. They can get the, uh, the upload later. So uh, get ready for their audio to cut in. It's going to be a little brutal. Blog Talk, is, they, got, they got a little, a, a bit of a decibel thing.
Here it comes. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. All right. Goodbye to you. All right. And let's get to this last one. Thank you for tuning in, folks. Thank you for checking out the archive. I see them. I watched the little thing with the downloads going up. Uh, Thank you for caring about this story. All right. This does uh, matter. Load them up. Yes. Recording up and running. And also, apparently, my style of recording is called Millennial Core. The youngsters are making fun of me. All right. We are continuing in. It is Friday morning. It is 4.12 a.m. I have a shift to get to. Mm. Um, this is published 15 hours ago. I had to get to bed after doing house chores, a shift, and whatnot. Um, off the Independent... Article up by Tara Cobham. I think that would be pronounced Cobham. C-O-B-H-A-M. You could even say Cobham if need be. Headline. It's like a nightmare. Desperate 999 call by Dog Walker who found Brianna Gay after Park's stabbing. Uh, to my understanding out there, uh, 999 would be equivalent to 911 out here. All right. So, <clears throat> the defendants, identified only as girl X and boy Y, are accused of murdering Brianna Gay. We have that established. Um, we have established that the uh, defendants were 15 at the time that neither defendant can be named because of their ages. Now, um, the prosecutor, Deanna Heer, H-E-E-R, they played uh, the jury at Manchester Crown Court the harrowing 999 call made at 3.13 p.m. on the 11th of uh, February by Catherine Vize, V-I-Z-E. Uh, she was with her husband Andrew while they uh, while the two uh, were while their two dogs uh, went through some woods in the park. When they saw a male and a female on the path ahead of them, and subsequently came across Bianca dying, the court heard. Uh, Catherine Vise can be heard um, initially in shock, uh, telling the call handler that quote. Somebody has been attacked, possibly stabbed, and the attackers have run away. Uh, Later describing the suspects as a girl and a boy, both teenagers. The distressed Miss Vise breathes heavily and repeats, quote, Oh God, uh, throughout the call, uh, saying it's like one of those nightmares. I don't know if she's alive. I don't want to touch her. It's an absolute mess. End quote. From the uh, 999 call. Uh, Catherine Vice described Bianca as uh, heavily bleeding, wearing a shirt soaked in blood, her face covered in blood, and what appeared to be uh, a weeping blood wound on her back. Uh, she's got blood on her legs, she's got blood on her back, she is really hurt. We uh, thought she was a dummy at first. Uh, she's really badly hurt. Again, this is in the UK. They're using words in a different way. They're uh, constructing sentences in a different way. 
So to my understanding, when they say a weeping uh, blood wound on her back, that to me, that sounds like the blood is coming out like tears coming out of an eye. Um, Don't want to be too crass, but like I've heard like the language skeet where somebody talked about a person getting punched in the face and the blood skeets from their eye, a person from Atlanta, Georgia. So just moving the vernacular around and make sure that we try to define things as we as we go along. Also saying we thought she was a dummy, which I'm betting she means more like a mannequin, a doll of some sort, right? Anthropomorphized figure. Uh, Continuing. When asked if the couple uh, were about to give first aid to Brianna, uh, Catherine Vise is heard crying as she replies, quote, I don't think there is anything you can do for her. I really don't think there is. I don't know. It's awful. Please hurry up. End quote. And the call ends when uh, Catherine Vise can be heard telling the operator she sees the police. In her witness interview the following day, Catherine Vise said she had been on a dog walk with her husband when she spotted a male bending down over something up ahead. Checking uh, decibels as we go. Very good. Um, and uh, before he and a female, a uh, male bending, uh, bending down over something up ahead before he and a female who had been standing to the male's left uh, were seen lolly lolloping uh, away into a farmer's field. See, lolloping. I'm wondering if that's like galloping out there. Um, you know what? Let, let's let's take a moment for it because they are really in the vernacular here. A lollop. Uh, move in an ungainly way in a series of clumsy paces or bounds. Okay. All right. An ungainly way. Uh, continuing, uh, more quotes from Catherine Vise. The lollop was so suspicious, their pace quickened up when they saw us. <clears throat> uh, and, and then uh, she says, they made eye contact with me, end quote. In his uh, police interview, which was also played for the jury, uh, Mr. Vise, uh, we don't, I don't think we have his first name. I think it's just Catherine and her husband. Uh, Mr. Vise uh, described seeing the couple walking in a field to the right at quite a fast pace. He described them as furtive and hurried um, and said he briefly made eye contact with the male. He added, quote, I was aware that they had clocked us. I almost made a, I almost made them sort of pace in their speed, so they reacted to seeing us in that suspicious way. End quote. Uh, the uh, attorney, Ms. Here, uh, previously told the court that uh, Catherine Vise saw the male bend down, bending over as if to tend to a dog, uh, before both he and the female left the path and made their way into an adjacent field, breaking into a run as they did so. Uh, Quote from the lawyer, As they continued along the path, Mr. and Mrs. Vise discovered that it was not a dog that the male had been bending over, but the bloodied body of a young woman laying face down in the mud. End quote. Mr. Vise told police he thought he saw Brianna's chest move. He added, quote, 
I bent down to try to see signs of life and obviously uh, to speak to her to say, hang in, we're phoning the police, end quote. Uh, Ms. Vise, Catherine Vise, uh, told police she was frightened upon crouching down to look at Brianna, saying, quote, there was a lot of blood. I thought she had thick white tights on, but she didn't. It was her skin. Uh, she was so white. It was awful. It was awful. If somebody was alive, she wouldn't be in that contorted position. Uh, she looked like a rag doll, end quote. I guess they're saying she's so white isn't like maybe shortly or as as one is dying. Um, maybe like blood flow loosens up. I, I don't know much about such things. Um, uh, continuing, Catherine Visa told police uh, she then rang 999 to report a serious attack. She added, quote, I can't say she was dead for sure. I felt she was dead, and I just felt very, very frightened and just thought if there is any chance of help uh, for this poor girl, we need to get on to the police straight away. End quote. And so now the court heard uh, continuing also on Thursday. Right now it is a Friday morning. The court heard on Thursday afternoon of the moment an individual that goes by PC Andrew Chadwick uh, from the uh, Cheshire Constabulary. Okay, PC. So maybe that's like some way that they say uh, police cop. Constabulary? Constable? Hmm. Um, but uh, his name is Andrew Chadwick. And uh, he was called to the scene following uh, the 999 call. Um, in his uh, statement written in the wake of the incident, he described finding Brianna's body, quote, heavily blood-soaked and not moving, with hair clumped together uh, with blood, end quote. Um, upon rolling uh, Brianna over to begin CPR, he saw warm blood around the back of her neck, the court heard. It became apparent uh, she had been stabbed in a number of different places, uh, Chadwick said, adding he was unable to find a pulse. Uh, there were wounds to her neck uh, and throat that were uh, hemorrhaging catastrophically, end quote. The jurors uh, heard paramedics and an, and an air ambulance crew joined uh, PC Chadwick in efforts to save Brianna but she was pronounced dead at the scene at 4.02 p.m. The attorney, Ms. Here, previously told the court Brianna had been stabbed uh, 28 times to the head, neck, back, and chest in a, quote, sustained and violent assault. And I'm sure uh, folks tuned into this program remember that from earlier this week. Um... Uh, the attorney argued there was no dispute that the male and female seen running away from Bianca's body were the two defendants. Both of the accused have pleaded not guilty and have denied any involvement in Bianca's killing. Okay. During cross-examination, Catherine Vise was asked about the moment she spotted the male and female where Bianca's body was discovered. Uh, Richard Littler... Uh, defending a uh, boy why Richard Littler, all right, the opposing attorney, 
He asked, quote, You didn't see any violence or aggression, and you didn't hear a commotion or indeed any noise, end quote. And that was his response to both questions, and she replied, No, the trial continues. Folks, we are headed into weekend time. Uh, As it tends to go, being 40-year-old Negroes, we have secret black covert errands to run. A lot of y'all don't know, but uh, on the weekends, all black people have to uh, meet up in Compton, Brooklyn, Atlanta, and Chicago and go over the itinerary for the next week of blacktivity. So I'll be engaged in some of that. And maybe trying to get my hands on some broccoli. Right now, it is the first of the month, uh, December 1st. Thank you, Patreon subscribers, for 200 bucks and change. That whole shit is going straight to groceries. Uh, and I will make sure that I eat the food to give me the energy to record more episodes. All right. Um, and for the weekend, we really can just uh, string these together and make like a comprehensive broadcast for this week of uh, trial updates and swing it back, bring it back Monday morning. What say you? Yes, I say yes as well.